Secure file transfer. What are some of the challenges and some of the solutions? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking to Matt Spear and Phil Alexander, two banking and security executives today, about this topic. And we'll also be hearing from Sam Morris and Tony Luque of Attachmate. Phil, Matt, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. Um, Phil, you're with Wells Fargo. How has your institution historically approached this whole topic of FTP? Well, generally for sensitive information or that information that is uh, covered by various government regulations, uh, FTP being a clear text protocol is uh, not a, we just don't use it. It's not deemed to be appropriate. And what I mean by clear text, it, uh, the data is not protected by encryption as it traverses. It could be an internal network or, you know, or even over the Internet, for that matter. And, Matt, you're with M&T Bank. How has your institution historically approached this whole topic of FTP? Well, just like Wells Fargo, we certainly looked at FTP as an, in, in an insecure protocol. But just as important was that even with uh, secure FTP mechanisms, what's the workflow and audit trail around that? Because as you grow in size, just having a mechanism to provide a secure file transfer protocol and put files out securely on a server to re be retrieved by someone is who actually retrieved those? What do they do with it? What's the notification process if there are files there to be picked up and, and utilized? And so we think that that's just as important in the process overall. Matt, I've got a, a question I'd love to send your way. And, Phil, if you could just pick up after Matt, that would be great. And the question is, what are some of the key challenges when you look at regulatory issues, security issues? What do you find to be top challenges? Well, the, the number one issue uh, from my perspective is that uh, since banks are regulated under this group of regulators known as the Federal Financial Institutions Examination Council, that What's kind of unknown for the general public out there is that we really have the only national requirement to do customer notification uh, in the case of, you know, potential breach. And uh, the bar is pretty high for us in that we have to be able to definitively prove that we did not lose a customer uh, piece of non-public personal information to avoid notifying them and the regulatory agencies. Uh, and it becomes incredibly costly uh, and so having a, you know, a, a high level of security with an audit trail that can, you know, we can definitively prove that we did not lose control of specific customer records uh, in the case of breach that, um, you know, saves us a lot of time hassle. And let's face it, banking is a trust relationship. Uh, and so any um, loss of trust on the part of the, of the consumer or our business customers uh, has significant impact on our bottom line. And so there's a, a pretty high level of security that we have to have in place to be able to satisfy and avoid some of the regulatory requirements that are out there. And I see those as the big issues for us. I mean, I agree 100% with uh, what Matt was saying is absolutely correct. I mean, and we don't just look for, you know, the solution that will encrypt data in transit, you know, our sense data, which we're required to do. But it, need, it does need to provide the audit trail. I mean, the term uses, uh, you know, for certain things, non-repudiation. Non kind of, can, I, can I prove at electronic level that the data did go where I wanted to go and was received by the person I intended to, uh, 
right? That was the intended recipient. So it needs to be, you know, it needs to protect the data, and I need to have a an audit trail. I need to be able to log it, and those are things that that I maintain the uh, the confidentiality, the integrity, and basically the uh, the ownership of that data until it is, you know, securely and successfully passed from point A to its intended point B. So, Phil, maybe you can tackle this question first, and Matt, I'd love you to jump in. And the question is, what do you need? You talked about the challenges here. What do you need in a secure FTP solution that's going to work across your entire scale? Well, I'll go ahead and start on that one, Tom. Uh, You know, aside from everything that Matt and I have been talking about, within a company the size of Wells Fargo and, you know, the different entities that that, uh, we communicate with, one of the important things is that uh, the solutions work on a variety of platforms. I mean, we're not, you know, just, you know, one platform enterprise-wide. So we pla- so we need a solution that can not only do everything we need it to do, but can do it for various, you know, forms of Windows or um, various forms of Unix, you know, mid-range, even mainframe. And, you know, so, so the more, as I call it, um, you know, operating system agnostic, a solution can be and, and meet the different technical requirements and technical challenges, you know, uh, those solutions are, are deemed uh, more, very valuable. Yeah, from my perspective, Tom, and uh, certainly you know, Phil is exactly right, but, you know, you looked at uh, Wells Fargo and ourselves at M&T, we're in the top 20 banks in, in the U.S. in terms of asset size, but there's 8,000 banks that are smaller than us out there, and when you think about it, while we're all relatively sophisticated from a technology standpoint, that those other banks, the CEO can be the head teller and the chief bottle washer as well as the technical guy. And so it needs to have a simplified you know, user interface with a high level of encryption on the back end so that you can use workflow uh, and be able to get that workflow programmed in in a simplified manner where you don't have to have deep technical skills to be able to do it. Still have that high level of assurance that when a secure file comes in, that uh, the appropriate users on uh, within our bank are notified, and that we when we go and retrieve it, that it's secured in that transmission, and then I can go back and prove it that you know we're handling these files in an appropriate manner, so not to be able to put things uh, put our organizations at risk, and so certainly uh, all those elements that you know Phil talked about need to be there, uh, and it also needs to have a, a very simple end user interface that can provide a high level of functionality as a bank scales in size. So, Matt, how do you quantify the business benefits of such a solution, especially in, in a larger organization where perhaps the, some of the business leaders aren't as close to something like this as you find in a smaller organization? Well, certainly, I think that the number one thing that you can prove out definitively is labor arbitrage. So by having workflow processes and not having to have people go in and check on a regular basis, that one, you're able to do your settlements and process uh, your work in a more timely manner and be able to do it with less people. And that's, from a you know financial standpoint, that's pretty easy to prove out, and it's a compelling enough case. What is more difficult to be able to communicate is the risk mitigation, both from a potential loss and loss avoidance of one, you know, there's there's nothing worse than you have one employee who was assigned to go in and take care of 
uh, files and start processing them on behalf of a business customer, and they're out on vacation and no one else is picking up that work. Uh, or they just simply call out on a sick day and nobody realizes it. And so then you have the, the after-the-fact settlement that is going to cost you dollars to do um, uh, to make that customer whole because we all want to provide, you know, the best experience at, at all possible for our customers. And when we make a mistake, we're liable for it. And so that's harder to prove out, but there are models out there that will allow you to be able to demonstrate what's that risk mitigation and, you know, the cost avoidance of having this type of system in place. And, Phil, your thoughts on that? What is it that you really need to quantify the business benefits of a, of a secure FTP solution? Well, I mean, I agree with like, everything that Max said on this and the build on some things, you know, and the particular needs from, you know, you know, the various financial institutions may vary somewhat. So, you know, an end-user dashboard that can be customized, you know, to meet the needs. I mean, and even turn to Wells Fargo, not, you know, not every division in the bank is going to be looking for that same type of dashboard. So it can be customized to meet the, their specific needs. Another very important point, you know, was ease of use. You know, bankers are generally not, you know, uh, technology and computer experts. I mean, they're savvy in their field, so something that is, you know, intuitive to the end user, and it has to work. You know, there's a, there's a term sometimes used in, in the computer language as far as like a 5-9 uptime, which is 99.999%. You know, if the solution keeps crashing, is unavailable, or we're consistently, you know, reaching out to the vendor for technical support, that, of course, is an issue that uh, is going to impact business. And uh, so we're looking for ease of use and for it just to work and to work consistently on a basis. That's excellent insight. Phil, Matt, I want to thank you both for your insight here. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, Sam and Tony, I want to bring you into this conversation now. Perhaps you could take just a minute to introduce yourself. Sam, Tony? Yeah, I'm Sam Morris, and I, I work for Attachmate. I'm the product marketing manager for Attachmate's managed file transfer solution family, which we call File Express. Hi, I'm Tony Luque, manager of the security consulting group here at Attachmate uh, across both the managed file transfer as well as enterprise fraud management solutions. Very good. Sam, how do Matt's and Phil's experiences jive with what you currently see in the marketplace? Yeah, I found myself nodding my head quite frequently as I, as I listened to Matt and Phil speak about um, how how they visualize and, and um, assess a file transfer relative to to such things as certainly security and protection of sensitive information, but also from the point of view of uh, workflow, auditing, platform support, and ease of use. Um, we certainly uh, get the opportunity to speak with a number of financial institutions and, and discuss how uh, files move within their organization, not just as a, a transfer from point A to point B, but as part of a broader Workflow. I don't. I don't think that anybody transfers a file because it's fun to do. It's uh, part of a, a broader workflow uh, that's just as important um, as getting the file through itself. Um, it, it's also also true that ease of use is important, uh, not just from the point of view of the end user. Uh, certainly, that is important. It needs to be easy for an end user to consume, and that might be from 
their experience in a web browser transferring files to maybe a, a file transfer client that they're comfortable and familiar with, but also how uh, IT organizations can uh, bridge between their particular data security standards and, and framework, for instance, SFTP within their data center, uh, and bridge out to how their business partners and customers want to uh, exchange files, perhaps over different protocols. And I, I'd also validate uh, it's important how organizations are, are measuring uh, the costs of file transfer uh, from the time spent uh, dealing with uh, file transfer outages to the time spent provisioning file transfers and users to the, the harder to measure costs around the risks of security breaches. So, Tony, based upon what you've been talking about here, what do you find to be some of the common FTP challenges for organizations? Yeah, thanks, Tom. The You know, there's really three things that I wanted to highlight that uh, Phil and Matt also touched on. First and foremost is around security, and, and that's on really multiple fronts. So not only from the, uh, from the side of confidentiality and integrity, which Phil mentioned, uh, the clear text protocol, both from the, the payload, the actual file, as well as the uh, authentication, the username and password, but also uh, from the, the, the presence of the data residing in, uh, in the DMZ and it being in a, a risk-based area. Um, but more importantly, from an audit perspective, one of the things that, that has been mentioned here is that file transfer is a part of a larger process, a, a business process. And having the ability to, uh, to know where that file uh, existed, where, uh, where it went, who has access to that file, um, can we determine whether or not it had been modified? Has it been, uh, has it been, uh, changed in any way, and um, is it being protected all the way through that process? So having the audit capability, that is obviously one of the, the key challenges to uh, file transfers. Another one that I wanted to mention is around scale, uh, scalability and reliability. Businesses are requiring larger and larger files to be moved from internally internal systems from one to another, as well as to uh, external third parties or just from users. Um, and the, the volume of these files, uh, getting these in batch, uh, reliability is becoming such a critical uh, requirement and challenge around uh, the traditional file transfer. Uh, it's, we're, we're quite a ways away from those small 2K files that FTP started transferring and the reliability as you get up to several megs and or hundreds of megs and, and several gigabytes of data, the reliability and being assured that the delivery is happening and you can audit that um, obviously is, is an area of uh, great challenge for uh, FTP. And really that leads to the, the costs that have also been touched on. Operational costs kind of pr uh, predominantly there are always going to be challenges in, in the process of file transfer. Uh, errors will occur, transfers will fail. How do you begin to deal with that and, and 
the operational costs of, of the resources internally having to determine where the problem existed, how do we resolve that, what are the, um, uh, how do we manage provisioning, so adding new users, taking away privileges, all of those things in just doing the care and feeding is, is another challenge. In fact, one of the financial institutions that we are working with uh, were requiring two full-time staff to, to handle that care and feeding, both provisioning, handling the, the fire drills of managing file transfers within their organization, which obviously got the attention of the CIO, which uh, initiated a project to implement a managed file transfer solution. So, Tony, this all makes eminent sense. What do you see to be see to be some of the common barriers to organizations adopting these new enterprise solutions? Yeah, that's a great question, Tom. Really, I think one of the main uh, barriers is that there's not a single owner of file transfer within an organization. You know, file transfer is pervasive across business units, um, both uh, from application development to IT operations to the user-to-user uh, uh, -user, uh, file transfers. So it's really a different way of thinking to to suggest that a central framework or, or a centrally managed file transfer service can drive both the reliability and scalability as well as security and, and overall cost reduction. Um, so that's really one of the, uh, I think one of the, one of the key barriers. Another one is that the, uh, because there is not a single owner, it's often difficult to aggregate the pain across the business units um, to really drive that change. While there may be specific pain, say, for example, a user who has to transfer a very large file to a business partner um, and wants to do that in email or would traditionally do that in email, but because of limits within their email system, they find a, another way, whether that's sending it through some personal email or using some standard or non-standard um, uh, unapproved method to, to share that file, or within the application development team who's rolling out a new project and needs to uh, transfer, uh, do some automated transfers between one application and another. Those are all within different silos, which there is pain there, but because there is not a single owner, it's often difficult to get the visibility across each of those different areas in order to uh, recognize that it's time to roll this up into a, uh, uh, into a, a change agent that we can address and, and move forward as a project. So those are the two things that I've seen as really the common barriers. Sam, to bring you back into the conversation, maybe you can give us some examples, please, of some of the common drivers and solutions you've seen institutions employ. Certainly. Uh, and, and I would say uh, we've heard uh, some of the initial core concerns around security and, and regulatory compliance. I know uh, that we were working with one regional bank um, who, you know, they obviously made the decision that unencrypted FTP had no role whatsoever to play in, in operating in compliance with PCI DSS in their organization, and as a result, replaced their 
legacy file transfer approach with with a managed file transfer approach that was was delivering that protection of files in transit and, and centralized auditing. Uh, another context it was was a couple of different regional banks who needed to integrate secure file transfer into their multi-stage DMZ arrangement um, that allowed files to be transmitted in the clear through part of that so that they could go about content inspection as those files routed. Uh, so what was important to them was having the ability to translate in transit between secure protocols and non-secure protocols uh, encapsulated in very tight and secure uh, firewall zones. Uh, another common um, driver is, is really around consolidation. Uh, over the years, a uh, number of institutions find themselves on a project-by-project project or department-by-department basis uh, growing either internally or through acquisitions of third-party software, uh, a variety of file transfer solutions. Uh, consolidation is around bringing costs down and, and uh, bringing better management by uh, folding those into a single solution. We worked with one uh, financial institution who had an asset management group that was using one solution for exchanging files with other financial institutions. Uh, their financial markets division was doing the same thing with another solution, and the security service division was using their own solution for exchanging documents with various stock exchanges. Uh, and and so what we were able to help them do was, was develop a single solution capable of accommodating the needs of each of those sort of transfer partners uh, through multiple secure protocols, um, scalability, centralized auditing, uh, so that they could uh, then also improve the security uh, by, by um, having records of all those transfers and, and also um, making those file transfers a single step as they move through the, the DMZ. And I think the third sort of most common driver that we hear about is the need to do more automation. Um, you know, we worked with one uh, regional bank who had a complex process uh, and a manual process that, that uh, required um, an individual on a calendar schedule to go out and check a partner's file transfer server uh, that was hosted on the Internet. So, you know, their workflow was get a task in the calendar, open up a file transfer client, see if a file had uh, shown up in their directory, transfer the file, and then kick off a remote process uh, for processing that file once they brought it local. Uh, what managed file transfer solutions are able to do is actually automate that entire process uh, without uh, involving the user. So having that automated scan of that remote system, uh, the movement of the file internally, and the automatic execution of the post-processing once the file gets to where it needs to go. And this all rolls up into savings through things like consolidation, improved reliability, and increased automation, meaning that you're, you're investing less individual time uh, and, and letting them work on other, perhaps more uh, revenue-driving activities. So final question, I'll toss this to you, Sam, and perhaps, Tony, you can pick up on it. And that is, if you could boil it down, what advice would you give to an organization that's looking to overcome its FTP challenges? Where should it really begin? Yeah, I, I think that is a good question. I think that's a question that, that organizations are trying to get a handle on um, as, as they do uh, react to specific file transfer challenges that, that bubble up to the level of, uh, of awareness to them. I would say the first thing, and I'd say there's probably three things to focus on, and 
The first would be to, to actually look across the organization. You know, many file transfer projects are, are departmentally driven. So look beyond that department and assess where other departments are transferring files and, and whether there's an opportunity to recognize cost savings and improved efficiency by consolidating. You know, you can recognize also that there's a lot of file transfer that occurs via email between users or file transfer that's embedded in applications that are written in-house. So this is an organization's opportunity to improve the security and supportability of those file transfers uh, as well. So first of all, look across the, the organization. Yeah, Sam, actually that's a, that's a great point. When, uh, when we were looking at one of our uh, customers in the financial area, they actually had, as we started to drill into it, there were a number of different areas, both internally, they were rolling out a new banking platform and really needed the reliability of, of moving data from their, their uh, mainframe uh, older uh, banking platform to a new modern banking platform. But then also from their customers, they would share prospectuses and other brochures which they needed to send um, and allow their customers to access through a web browser. Um, and also getting data from third parties. So, for example, uh, they recognized that uh, another portion of their business was actually gathering, was getting data from um, specific bureaus containing blacklists of organizations that, that may have been engaging in money laundering or other fraudulent activity. And being able to securely get that data at a reliable clip was very important to them. So as you can see, they were able to recognize across the organization multiple use cases. So if the, the first uh, first piece of advice is look across the organization, I'd say that the second piece of advice is look beyond point A to point B. Uh, we've talked about how file transfer really does exist as, as a step or part of a larger process. So. It helps to understand for the various transfers that you that you see across your organization what that broader process is and recognize that managed file transfer solutions are designed to improve the efficiency of that broader process by doing such things as reducing the steps in the transfer, uh, automating more of the file transfer, and, and automating the, the post-transfer actions, the things that happen to those files after they get to where they need to go. And I'd say that the third uh, piece of advice is, is look to governance in order to maximize value. You know, governance in the context of file transfer includes such things as enforcing security policies, establishing the use of secure file transfer protocols. Um, it encompasses uh, centralized audit records of all file transfers that, that can be searched and reported on. Uh, and governance in the context of file transfer also, uh, you know, drives towards operational visibility uh, to problems that arise with file transfers. And so um, MFT solutions uh, deliver on, on governance for file transfers, uh, and, and they drive value by reducing security-related risk, uh, awareness of key data movement within the organization, and certainly improved responsiveness to file transfer outages. And utilizing this governance across the broadest set of use cases, as we talked about in, in, in step one, um, uh, certainly allows an organization to get the most value out of their file transfer. Sam, actually, just to add on to that, one of the things that we have seen is in order to really get the the funding or to get that visibility, using the, the governance committees 
or to the audit uh, the audit group or the compliance group, um, often there are requirements around managed file transfer or secure uh, data transfer, I should say, that really can help drive the um, the project forward and use that as a as a catalyst to get the buy-in and the funding to uh, to drive that forward, which we've seen in other use cases. Well, very good, Sam. Tony, I really appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. The topic has been Secure File Transfer, the challenges and solutions. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.